All right, look at what it says in verse 17 of Romans chapter 14. It says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that is in these things serveth Christ as acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Now, just a little bit of context of this, uh, those verses I just read. In Romans chapter 14, he's been talking about how important it is that we do not offend other people with our liberty in Christ. Okay, for example, he, they often would use the illustration of eating meat sacrificed to idols. Okay, now all of us in here, I think we all know that an idol is nothing. We all know that they have no power. There's, there's nothing that they can do. If somebody has some meat that was sacrificed to an idol, and it was a steak, and they're like, do you want to eat this? You know me, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'll eat it. You know, I don't, you know, I don't care. I don't think I'm going to get possessed by the idol or have some kind of superpowers or what, I don't know, whatever some other superstition might think. I know an idol is nothing and has no power. However, if there was somebody who maybe had come out of idolatry, they're a new believer, and they used to kind of believe in that stuff, and they see me doing that, they might get the wrong idea. They might think I participate in that kind of thing, and I could offend my weaker brother. And so, we ought to be careful about our liberty in Christ that we don't misuse it in a way that could offend other people. And we especially shouldn't do that for something like meat. Okay, now, folks, I like meat. I, I, you know, I have to eat an animal every day. I say that all the time. You know, I like, I like meat. But you know what? When it comes to a Christian, he makes a statement here. He says, "For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost." Okay. As Christians, we do have the flesh. You know, we do need to eat food. We do need to get some sleep. We need, there's things that we need to do. But, as believers, as born again believers, we, uh, you know, when we got born again, you know, now we are a part of the kingdom of God. Okay? And so, as believers, there are things that are more of a focus to us. They're more important to us. And you know, and when it comes to my life, well, I would love to live a life where I had all the money I could ever spend and I could eat all the best food that you could ever eat. You know what? As a born-again believer, I understand that you know what? my life, it's not about the things I possess. It's not about what I can accumulate for myself. It's not about the things of this flesh, but it's about the kingdom of God. And so we ought to seek that first. That ought to be the focal point. And that's what I ought to be thinking about in my life. And so, But the main focus of man today is to... What do I have to do to fulfill the lust of the flesh? Many people today, they measure their success on their possessions. Um, they measure their stature on the places they eat. You ever see these people on social media? They're always posting what they eat. You know, They always want to post, hey, look, I'm eating at this fancy steakhouse or something like that. You know, it's a way of showing off. Look, you know, look at me. I'm like this high roller you know, going to all the fancy restaurants. Why doesn't anybody post when they're eating at McDonald's? You know, because no, nobody's impressed, right? Okay, but they do that because it, it's their way of telling people, "Hey, look, my life has purpose. My life has meaning." You know, look at my you know new name brand shoes that I bought. You know, nobody you know cares if it's just a no name Walmart brand or something like that. Uh, you know, great value. Do they make? I don't know if they do. I think that's just food. I'm not sure, but. Uh, you know, if I had Sam's shoes or something, nobody'd care, all right? You don't post stuff like that. But why do people do it when it comes to expensive things? 
It's their way of showing off. It's their way of showing my life has purpose, my life has meaning. I have some of the nicer things in life. But as believers, we understand you know, that our life is not about the things of the flesh. That is not what it's about. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And what I'm ta- the title of my message this morning is it's uh, Characteristics of the Spirit-Filled. I preached a message a while back with the same title, but the highlighted characteristic I covered then was boldness. This week I want to cover really three things, and that's what's mentioned in this passage. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So righteousness, peace, and joy. These are the characteristics of someone who is filled with the Spirit. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 5.18, it says, "...and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit." As Christians, God wants us being filled with the Spirit. When we got saved, God gave us the Holy Spirit of God. He dwells inside of us. And we are supposed to be every day putting on the Spirit of God, yielding to the Spirit of God, basically allowing Him to be the main influence in our life. Allowing Him to have control in our life. And a lot of people will talk about being Spirit-filled. You know, some people think being Spirit-filled is when you're running around an auditorium with your hands in the air, screaming and whooping and hollering, you know, passing out, getting slain in the Spirit. We don't even see that anywhere in the Bible. But we do see in the Bible where it talks about when they were filled with the Spirit, they spoke the Word of God with boldness. And we already talked about that a few weeks ago. But a lot of people don't want to talk about this, about this righteousness and this peace and joy. And I think it's interesting that all three of these are mentioned together because of the fact that you do hear the terms peace and joy a lot. Okay, For example, around Christmas time, do we not see a lot of signs and things that say peace, and joy, you know, joy to the world, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. You know, peace and joy, those are actually very politically correct words. But you know what word isn't politically correct today is righteousness. That's not, that's the one that people want to leave out. Everybody today wants peace and joy, but not everyone wants righteousness. One of the reasons that many people in this world today are so focused on the things of the flesh, on getting more money, getting the possessions, is they think if I get these things, then I will have peace, then I will have joy. But the Bible tells us the way to these things, it's not through possessions, it's not through the things of the flesh, but it's actually through righteousness. And I want to show how this works throughout the Scriptures and just kind of give a few different examples. Because these three things, I believe, are a package deal. If you don't have righteousness, you're not going to have peace and you're not going to have joy. It's just, it's not going to happen. You need all three of these together. And so one way to illustrate this, turn over Romans chapter 4 and verse 3. Alright? So there's, when it comes to righteousness, okay, there's different types of righteousness, I guess you could say. So for example, if you want to go to heaven, alright, now pay very close attention to this. If you want to go to heaven, you have to have imputed righteousness, okay? Your own righteousness will not get you into heaven. It can't get you into heaven. But imputed righteousness will get you to heaven. What does that mean? Well, in Romans chapter 4, in verse 3, it says, For what saith the Scripture, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. This is showing how Abraham... He received righteousness by believing God, proving that we receive righteousness not by works. It says, to him that worketh not. 
but believeth on Him that justifieth the ungodly. That's us. We're ungodly because our works are bad. And the, and the thing is, but when we believe on God, we receive imputed righteousness. Our faith is counted for righteousness. It says, even as David also described it, the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. Blessedness means happy. Okay? You're going to be happy. It's a good thing. It's a blessing to know that God imputeth righteousness without works. I don't have to earn it. I'm glad to hear that because I know that I can't earn it. It says, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord will not impute sin. Alright, so if you're saved today, you have imputed righteousness. Therefore, you have joy and peace in your eternal destination. Okay, many, the reason today I can stand here and I can say, I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. If I were to die today, I know that I would be in heaven. I have joy because of that. I have peace because of that. Listen, there's a lot of things in this world, if we want to, we can worry about them. Okay? I'm worried about the direction our country is going. You know, I'm worried, you know, and I'm not saying I'm sitting around worrying about these things, but these are potential problems, okay? You know, I could die in a car wreck today, or I could get in a car wreck and not die, and I could get completely maimed. You know, and I could, you know, I could, there's all kinds of bad things that can happen. I can get cancer. I can get some kind of crazy disease. I mean, there's a million ways you can die. Okay? But, when it comes to my eternal destination, I have joy and I have peace. Why? Because I have imputed righteousness. And so, because of that, I'm able to enjoy it. Now, many people today who are religious, they do not have peace and joy in their lives. You know why? Because they don't have imputed righteousness. If you ask them, hey, if you died today, do you know if you go to heaven? They say, I don't know. They are worried about it. They're concerned. Many of these people, they go to church from week to week just trying to, trying to be good, hoping the Lord's going to see me go to church and He'll let me go to heaven. Hoping, you know, I hope the Lord sees me put some money in that offering plate so He'll let me go to heaven. And they don't have joy. They don't have peace. And they, many times they just get frustrated and they're like, you know what? I've been doing this for years. I've been trying so hard. I don't feel any better. I don't feel any different. I don't have any joy. I don't have any peace. And you know what they do? They just end up just running away from it all. But the truth is, the Bible never teaches that you get righteousness through your works. It doesn't teach that you receive righteousness and you get to heaven through going to church and putting money in the offering plate. The Bible teaches that actually you get righteousness by believing on Christ. And then you receive imputed righteousness. You get credited for His righteousness. Now, because I have that righteousness, I have joy and peace in my eternal destination. Many people today who don't have that, it's because they are trying to establish their own righteousness. Look what it says in Romans 10, verse 1. Paul speaking here, he says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Okay, These people are zealous about the things of God. Okay, They want to go to heaven. They're zealous in their religion, but you know what? They're wrong in what they're doing. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth, 
For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. Okay? What he's teaching here, if you want to receive righteousness by the law, that means you have to do all of the law. All of them. Every single one of them. Okay? None of us in here have done that. None of us in here can do that. But you know what? We see in this story, there was the, the Jews, Israel that he was talking about, that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to get to heaven through their own good works. And you know what Paul said? They're ignorant of God's righteousness. When you realize how righteous God is, you know what you're going to say? I can't do that. I can't be good enough to go to heaven. And you know what you'll do? Hopefully, you'll call on the Lord for salvation and you'll just believe on Him. And when you do that, you'll receive that imputed righteousness and then you can have joy and peace. And that's what we want. That's why we go soul winning. There are people everywhere in this community who are trying to establish their own righteousness. How do we know that? We ask them, what do you think a person's got to do to go to heaven? Well, you know, be good. Don't kill anybody. Keep the Ten Commandments. But you know what's funny? Often when people say that, I'll, I'll ask them. I'll say, have you done that? Have you kept all the commandments? No. You know, so if you died, do you know for sure? Do you think you've done good enough to go to heaven? Probably not. You know? But yet, I talk to other people and I'll ask them, hey, if you died, absolutely. You know? Yeah, I know I'm going to heaven. How do you know that? And they'll say, because I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Boy, they've got joy. They've got peace. They're not bothered by somebody coming along and asking them how they know they're going to go to heaven. I've talked to other people before here in town that say they're Christians, and I'm like, great. How do you know you're on your way to heaven? Well, I think that's a personal thing. You know, you know I'm a Christian, but I don't go around trying to spread my religion on people. And I was like, really? I thought being a Christian was following after Christ, and it was Christ that told us to preach the gospel to every creature. You know, and and these people's like, I, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, you know why? Because they don't have joy and peace. Okay, we all like to talk about the things that bring us joy. You know, every grandparent, you know, when they have a new grandkid or something, they like to show the pictures of that new grandbaby. Why? It brings them joy. They're they're happy about that. They like to share that with everybody. Parents do that. Look at the pictures of my new baby. You know, everybody's always showing these things off until it makes everybody sick. You know, but at the same time, you do that because you have that joy. And when you're saved, when you have the righteousness of Christ imputed unto you, you have peace and you have joy. And folks, if you don't have the righteousness, you can't. Have, you're not going to have the peace and joy. And our world today does not have the peace enjoy because they are trying to establish their own righteousness and they know they haven't got it. They know that they're not there. They know just as well as anybody else that they're a sinner. And they're trying. But it's a struggle. They're miserable. And they'll never have peace until they actually have righteousness. And you only can get that through faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, So right there, that's the righteousness that you have to have in order to go to heaven. Okay, And when you have that righteousness you will have peace and joy. All right, And all of us in here today, if you're saved, you are seen as righteous before God, you will go to heaven. But did you know that God also wants us to have righteousness here on earth? God wants us to be righteous people. In other words, God wants us following His Word. He wants us keeping the commandments. And if you want to, ha- if you want to avoid earthly judgment, you need to have uh, you need to have some righteousness here on earth. I will be spared eternal judgment, 
because Jesus Christ paid for that on the cross. Okay? But I'm not necessarily spared earthly judgment. Look what it says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. It says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now this statement, we shall reap if we faint not, that we use this as encouragement to people who are doing good things. Hey, you're going to reap if you don't faint. But you know what? This verse can also be a scary thing because if we're doing bad things, we're going to reap those things too. Be not deceived. God's not mocked. You know, Don't think that just because you're saved, you can just go and do whatever you want. You think because you're the child of God, you act like the spoiled mayor's son in that town that thinks that he can drive like he wants to and the police aren't going to mess with him. My dad's the mayor. You know, or my dad's the chief of police. You know, and you know, he's, he's not going to let you get away with it. And you know what? That might work uh, in some communities and things. But you know what? I challenge you sometime. If when you're out there breaking the law, okay, you want to go out there, you want to go hold up a gas station, you, know, you want to rob a bank, if you get caught... You go and tell the policeman, you know what? You can't do nothing. I'm a child of God. Okay. Now listen, if a mayor's son did that, if that mayor was a good father and his son was out being an idiot and the police stopped him, all right, and he said, do you know who my dad is? He's mayor. Now, if those are good policemen, they're going to throw him in jail anyway. And if that mayor's a good dad, he's going to let him go to jail. All right. He's going to make him pay the consequences and say, you know what? You don't, you're, I'm, not giving, I'm not giving you special privileges just because you're my son. You broke the law, you're in trouble. And you know what? God's a good Father. If we're going to go out there and we're going to be living like the devil and we're going to be out there breaking God's law and rebelling against Him and we get in trouble here on this earth, do you think He's going to bail us out of jail? No, He's not going to bail us out of jail. He's going to let us go to jail. Doesn't matter. I can say, hey, I'm a child of God. First, the police aren't going to care. They're going to throw me in jail anyway. And God's not going to get me out. He's going to let me go there. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth that, shall he also reap. And there are many people today, they do. It's like they've got this attitude I can do whatever I want since I'm saved. Well, you know what? You're going to heaven no matter what. But you know what? God can still make the trip there miserable if you're not careful. Bible says, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. I don't know about you, that's not fun. Okay? And when I was growing up, you know, I regularly was chastened by my earthly father. I never stopped being his son, but let me tell you something, the chastening's not fun. And you know what? You'll never stop being a child of God, but just remember, when you are a child of God, he will chasten you. It will not be pleasant. And you know what? If you're not living righteous on this earth, you're not going to have peace and you're not going to have joy on this earth. I can say, well, I'm a Christian, therefore I have peace and joy. Well, yeah, I have peace and joy in my eternal security, but you know what? If I'm going out there and I'm being a bad husband, if I'm being a bad father, if I'm out there drinking and doing drugs and breaking the law, I'm not going to have peace and joy. Because I don't have, I don't have righteousness. If I don't have that, I'm going to be in trouble. The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2, okay, when you got saved, you know, your soul, it was brought to life by Jesus Christ. 
You are purified. There, but there is on earth, outside of salvation, separately, there's a purification that we're supposed to do. We're supposed to sanctify ourselves in certain areas on this earth. It says in 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And every man that hath this hope in Him purifieth himself, even as He is pure. Okay? One of the things that God wants us doing as Christians is He doesn't want us just sitting around glorying in our imputed righteousness. And you know what God wants us to do? God wants us to start purifying ourselves. God wants us with our own life to start keeping His commandments. God wants us setting a good example. He wants us shining the light. And when we do these things, when we have righteousness on this earth, we can actually have joy and peace also on this earth. There are many saved people today who are miserable on this earth. Why? Because they're not following the commands of God. They're not living righteous lives. God is going, He's going to try to make us righteous here on this earth. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 12. See, if God's people are the worst people in town, we're going to end up making God look bad. It says in Hebrews 12, 6, we, uh, we, we, uh, covered this verse, uh, but we're going to read the ones after. It says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chaseth, and scourgeth every son of me receiveth. If ye endure chaste, then God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but He for our profit, that we might be partakers of His holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. We see that chasing that God is doing in our life, it's He's doing it to produce something. Okay, Parents, when you discipline your kids, hopefully you're not disciplining your kids just for the sake of disciplining your kids. All right, you know, Hopefully, the goal of spanking your kids is not just inflicting pain on their hind end. All right? Hopefully, you have a goal that this is going to teach them a lesson. This is going to make them behave better. This is going to help make them a better person. That's the goal. All right? We're not just trying to you know, inflict pain. All right? We're trying to do something good in their life. And when God punishes us, God's not doing it just to punish us. God's doing it to try to help us. He's trying to make us better. He wants us to be more like Him because if we're more like Him, we'll be happier. And what is it that every parent wants for their children? They want them healthy and happy, right? You just you want them to grow up. You want them to be healthy and happy. That's why you know that's why we don't want our boys driving like maniacs. Okay, every you know I think every guy has a little bit of the desire to just you know drive a race car, be in a demolition derby, and things like that. The problem is those can seriously affect your health. All right, you know you get in a car wreck, it can seriously damage your health. You can seriously hurt somebody else. No parent wants that. So what do you do? You try to teach them to be responsible. Okay. You know, and so we because we have that desire, because we know if they're healthy, they'll be happier, we put restrictions in their life. The reason God has given the commands that He's given, God knows 
these restrictions will make us happier people because God is a God who declares the end from the beginning. God sees the end result of sin. We can't always see that. We don't have that wisdom. We don't look that far ahead. You know, we're often just deceived by sin. I'll say more about that in a little bit. But God knows this will make my children miserable. And so God tries to keep us from it. He tries to deter us from it. God tries to inflict pain in our lives sometimes because we need to learn that sin brings pain. And sometimes it's permanent. You know, I got a lot of spankings growing up, but you know what? I'm not permanently damaged from those things. All right? You know, I'm fine. You know, my, my, my health is fine even though I thought I was dying several times growing up. You know, and then of course you got the millennials today. If any of them got spanked, they're all convinced that they were permanently damaged emotionally. You know, they they all got the emotional damage from getting spanked in their hind end. And um, I'm sorry, I just don't believe them. All right, they're damaged. All right, but it wasn't from the spanking. All right? I think it was. I think it was from the lack of spankings that they got. And uh, don't get me on millennials. But anyway, you know that God's God wants us being righteous on this earth. Because righteousness on this earth, it will bring you joy and peace. You're not going to have it without it, folks. You're not going to have it without it. You have to have the righteousness. You had the, you know, the hippie generation. They sure like to talk about joy and peace, didn't they? You know, peace, man. You know, they're always all about peace. But boy, did they do anything to promote righteousness in that generation? Absolutely not. And you know what that generation turned out? You know, it turned out a bunch of Diseased up, drugged up, you know, crazy looking psychedelic hippies. Alright? I mean, you know, it, it didn't produce anything good. These people are miserable. They didn't live long lives. They spread a lot of diseases, a lot of misery in that generation. Thank God some people got saved out of it and they learned their lesson. But that, I'm telling you, you can't have peace without having righteousness. And the righteousness that we need is, comes from following the Word of God and the rules in God's Word. And so turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 25. So we see there's the imputed righteousness that gives us joy and peace in our eternal destination. That only comes through believing on Christ. There is, uh, we also, if we want to have peace and joy on this earth, we need to be living righteous here on this earth. We need to be, you know, keeping out of sin, uh, purifying ourselves as Christians. But, you know, at the same time though, None of us are without sin, are we? Okay, Nobody's without sin. Nobody's perfect. We all have issues in our life. All right, And there's this mentality that's out there today, and I hear it all the time. In fact, I even heard some of it just this morning. That's like, if you have one sin, you're not allowed to talk about anybody else's sin. Well, if that's the case, then none of us can talk about sin because we all, got, we all have sin in our life, don't we? Okay, Everybody has some sin... In their life, and so just be, you know, everybody loves that verse in the Bible uh, where it talks about, you know, if you're guilty of any law, you know, if you've trans, if you've transgressed any of God's law, you're guilty of breaking all of God's law. Okay, now what does that mean? All right, let me just, you know, expound that. Have you ever heard people talk about that? Well, you know what, you know, a sin's a sin. All sins are equal. Well, all sins equally make you a sinner and in need of a savior. Alright? Let me say it again. All sins make you equally guilty of sin and in need of a Savior. Y'all get that? Whether it's spitting on the sidewalk, you know, when there's a sign posted telling you not to do it, or murdering somebody, 
You are a transgressor of the law. You need to get saved. Okay? But different sins do have different consequences. Different sins do have different punishments. We see that in the Bible. And so people act like, well, you know, you know, because you're a sinner now, you're not allowed to say anything about anybody else's sin. Well, that's just wrong. That's, that's not what the Bible teaches. There's some, we're all sinners here in this church, but there's some sins the Bible specifically mentions that should get you kicked out of the church. There's some sins the Bible specifically mentions in the New Testament that says are worthy of death. Some sins, you're, they're just worthy of stripes. You know, some, you know, it's, it's different. There's different things for different sins, but this attitude, that because you're, you're a sinner and you're not allowed to criticize anybody else's sin, it's creating this mentality, well, I'm a sinner. All sin's the same. So who cares if I commit this other sin? Yeah, alright, so since I'm a sinner and I have, you know, maybe I've taken God's name in vain, I'm a sinner. All sin's the same. So there's no difference now if I commit adultery. Well, actually, you know, Adultery taking God and taking God's name in vain, they both make you a sinner. However, God forgives blasphemy, the Bible says. But you know what? Your wife not, might not forgive your adultery. The consequences of adultery may be much worse. You know, you're hurting other people when you do that kind of thing. And this mentality that people have, it's all that's doing this, this foolish teaching it's just making people more likely to commit other sins. But folks, just because you are a sinner doesn't mean that you're not righteous in other areas. And we ought to want to be righteous in as many areas as possible. In Deuteronomy chapter 25 and verse 1, oh, I didn't put that on my notes. I'm going to have to turn over there. I just want to show you some. There's a lot of examples like this that I could give. I just want to give you just... One quick example, because what people do, they just they kind of play with words sometimes to get a foolish message across. But it says, you know, because the Bible does say there's none righteous, no, not one, right? Meaning, everyone's guilty of sin. Okay? But that doesn't mean we, we are not righteous in other areas. Okay? In Deuteronomy 25, verse 1, it says, If there be a controversy between men, and they come into judgment, that the judge may judge them, then they shall justify the righteous and condemn the wicked. Alright? Now, if your typical trendy was there today, you know, he would look at that and be like, well, there's none righteous, no, not one. Alright? Let, you know, and let's say there's a conflict, alright, where maybe, uh, you know, maybe Aaron, you know, he runs into my car. My car's parked fine, my car's parked legally. He's driving, he runs into my car, alright? But now he's claiming it was my fault. Alright? Now we got a controversy, alright? Somebody needs to take care of this. Okay? And when it comes to this specific incident, alright, I'm the one that's righteous, alright? I wasn't doing it. I wasn't driving. I was parked legally. I did everything right. He wasn't paying attention. He was texting while driving. You know, he was, you know, he was being reckless or whatever. He's the one that actually ran into my car, okay? And so in, if, if the congregation got together and they said we're going to judge this situation, if they wanted, they could declare me righteous. Why? Because I am not guilty of this offense, but he's unrighteous. Okay. Now, if it was a trendy church, what they would just do, they'd look and say, well, we've got to make a judgment, but we can't declare any of you righteous because there's none righteous, no, not one. No, wait, I'm actually righteous in this area. I haven't done this sin. Okay. 
And so the thing is, what I'm, I'm trying to show you is every area in life where we are righteous is a benefit for us. Just because we might be unrighteous in one area or unrighteous in the sense that we have transgressed at least one of God's laws and you know multiple doesn't mean let's just go ahead and open the floodgates and commit all these other sins too. You know what? Alright, and I'm not trying to brag, this is just how I was raised, but when it comes to being a drunkard or drinking alcohol, I am righteous in that area. I've never done it. When it comes to murder, alright, I am righteous. I've never killed anyone. Yeah, but you've hated somebody in your heart. Okay, I understand that. That makes me guilty of sin. I need to be saved, but I am saved, but I've never physically murdered anybody. So you know what? I can have joy and peace and not worry about going and getting executed and going to prison. And so none of us are perfect, but we can be righteous in certain areas. Okay? Another example, if the police met you outside the door today, when we dismissed church, if all of a sudden there was a policeman out there and they said, I've got a warrant to search your car. Okay? Now, legally, you've got to let him search your car. He's got a warrant. But let me ask you, would you be have peace at that moment, enjoy at that moment, or would you be scared? Okay? Now, some of us might be have a little bit of uh, reservations because of how messy our vehicle might be. But you know what? If they did, if they're like, fine. If they were, like, if they had, a, I wouldn't let them search my car if they just wanted to search it. I believe in constitutional rights and all that kind of stuff. But they have a warrant. All right, fine. You got your warrant. You can search my car. But you know what? I'd still have peace and joy. I'd probably be laughing at them. Good luck finding anything in there. You know what? I don't have any drugs in my car. You know, there's there's nothing illegal in there. Hey, I'm righteous in that area. I have peace and joy. I'm not worried about it. If I hear on the news that, hey, you know, the bank's been robbed or a gas station was held up, the police are on the lookout. They're trying to find the guy. I'm not going to sit there bite my nails. I'm not going to be looking over my shoulder when I, if I see cops or if I hear sirens going on. You know why? Because I know I'm righteous in that area. I didn't do that. And I can have peace and I can have joy. I can go to bed tonight and I can go to sleep, and I'm not going to be worried that I'm going to get raided in the middle of the night. You know why? Because when it comes to the law around here, I'm righteous. I haven't been breaking the law. I'm not doing anything illegal. So I have peace and joy because I'm righteous righteous in those areas. And we've got to understand that if there is an area of your life where you are righteous, you know what you need to do? You need to hang on to that righteousness. Because every area where you're righteous, that's another area in your life where you can have peace and joy. But you know what the devil wants to do? The devil wants to get you playing with all these different sins. Why? Because that way you can be robbed of that peace and joy. If you lose your righteousness in this area, then you know you're 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 not going to have peace and joy. I'm glad that there's no women out there that I have to worry about running to in public when I'm with my wife. I'm I'm glad. You know, I'm, I, there's no, there's nobody like that that, I, that when I'm out in public I have to watch for, thinking, man, you know, if she finds out I'm married or something like that, you know, I'm dead meat, I'm in trouble. I'm righteous in that area, okay, and therefore I have peace and joy. I can go out in public, I can see whoever I want, and my blood pressure is not going to go up. You know, I'm not going to break out into a cold sweat. Not everybody has that. Not everybody. Not everybody can claim that. And that's why so many people are just always miserable. They're always stressed out. They're always on edge. They've just got so much junk in their life. They can't have any peace and joy. And folks, God wants us to be people 
of joy. He wants us to have peace in our life. But we, for some reason, we think that we can find that peace and joy without righteousness. You can't do it. You've got to have righteousness in your life. Those sins are always going to rob you of the joy and peace that God wants you to have. And the reason this seems to be a problem for people, you know, because it, I mean, it's pretty simple. Hey, stay righteous, you can have peace and joy. Alright? Everybody wants peace and joy. Everybody wants it. Alright? But yet, most people aren't trying righteousness, which is the one way to getting it. And you know why? It's because we've got three things working against us. The world, the flesh, and the devil are telling us the opposite. I'm, I'm up here today telling you, you'll find peace and joy through righteousness. You're going to go home though, and you're going to watch television, and you're going to see commercials telling you you'll have peace and joy, you know, if you'll sign up for this credit card so you can buy all the stuff that you want. Only just creating more anxiety in your life. You know, you're going to go and you're going to watch the commercials showing all the people having a good time drinking their beer and stuff. And your flesh is going to say, that's what I want. That's what's going to, that'll give me joy and peace. But folks, the world, the flesh, and the devil, they lie. They lie. That is all they do. The Bible says in 1 John 2.15, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Unfortunately, while this message that I'm preaching to you right now is right on the money. It's right out of the Bible. It's accurate. While everybody in here today, and I'm not doubting you on this, you all, I believe you're Bible believers here today. You believe that the Word of God is true. Okay? But the problem is, you're going to leave here today and we're all going to be up against the world, the flesh, and the devil lying to us. And folks, they're tricky. The devil and the world, they always agree with our flesh. They always do. Our flesh is bad. And it agrees with the world and the devil. And so you've got to learn to walk in the Spirit. You've got to learn to be filled with the Spirit. And when you're filled with the Spirit, and if you walk in the Spirit, the Bible says you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh, it brings death, but the Spirit, it giveth life. And so what you've got to do today, you've got to determine in your heart that you know what? I'm going to be a Spirit-filled Christian. I'm going to walk in the Spirit and we walk in the Spirit not by going to church and raising our hands and getting all excited during the music. Okay, You're going to get filled with the Spirit when you're following the Word of God. When you're obeying the commands. And don't let the fact that you've messed up on one commandment give you an excuse to go break all the other commandments. If you're righteous in an area, hang on to that righteousness and don't let it go. I thank God, thirty I've gone thirty-eight years, thirty-eight and a half years without drinking, without smoking. I'm thirty-eight and a half years without that. Alright? I'm thankful for that. Alright, now there's other things I could bring up that I would rather not bring up. Okay? You know, and there's a lot of things we all don't want to bring up. Okay? There's things where we've messed up, but you know what? Those areas that you've got, hang on to those things. And, enjoy, and that way you can have joy. And when it comes to things of the past, you know what? Forget about it. Move on. Be righteous from here on out. And you can have peace and joy in your future. So, I hope that was helpful. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much.
for Your Word. We thank You for imputed righteousness. But Lord, I pray You'll help us to practice righteousness here in this earth. Lord, please help us to uh, follow Your commands and be uh, faithful to Your Word. Help us to strive to be as much like You as possible until Your return. In Your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead.